You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimal of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! In the studio, what's your most combative experience when working on a project? Probably working with Siobhan. Yeah. <laughs> Did she ever go like, uh, you're playing in the wrong mode! You should have listened to your first teacher that first lesson. It's in the wrong mode! I mean, mode. in that case, and like people yell, like, so I'll like be in here like jamming, like doing whatever to whatever Spotify song I have playing. And I'll hear her yell across the house. That was the wrong note. I'm like, <laughs> f you, man. Like <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back for another episode of 2020. I'm Siobhan Cronin here with my cohorts and compatriots, Benny Goodman and Corey Peza. How's hey. it going, guys? It's going great. Here. Ben, ben is leaning up against his mic. <laughs> it's been a long day for him. We I saw him this morning. We both did, obviously. He started with coffee, almost lost him. He was a little bit crazy today. Now he's on the tail end of the evening, settled down a little bit. How are you feeling today, Ben? You going to make it through this intro? I'm here. <laughs> Present. Present. So anyway, Present. part part two with the incredible Brock Richards, guitar player for Starset. If you're looking for some real in-depth knowledge on studio monitors, microphones, <laughs> guitars. <laughs> Siobhan, but one thing we didn't get to in the show that I'm very curious, why, did it, it, why didn't he change his name to, to Brock Cronin? Um, I would the Richards have a legacy. You could be that. Bronin, oh my gosh. It, it will eventually be Cronin Richards. It's one of those things where the name changing is such a pain in the ass. <laughs> How many diamonds will your mom give you if you do that? Oh my gosh. No, my mom's fine with it. I mean, I can do whatever I want. But Does she tell you, you know, you're killing your lineage? To, she did call me today to say that somebody changed on Wikipedia that I'm now Siobhan Richards. I'm like, you're just now seeing this. I'm like, the Star Set fans changed that, was that me. ages ago. <laughs> that was totally me. I did that just just for this bit. I'm so glad it came full circle. Oh Thanks, my gosh. Anne Marie. Yes. Yeah. Anne Marie is another right person that also makes a virtual appearance in almost every episode. But anyway, part two, definitely go back and listen to part one. We get into Brock's background with Live My Last, getting into Star Set, getting into playing guitar. You made him cry. Yeah, I mean, I like to bring out the emotions in people. And as we learn in this episode, Do I definitely you? bring it out in Brock because whenever we work together, he's ready to kill me. So you get to hear a little bit more about the behind the scenes recording with Siobhan in this yeah, episode. Yeah, we dive deep. So check it out. Part two with Brock Richards. My name is Benny Goodman. You're listening to 2020, but you can find it 2020-D on the, dot com, on, on the Sound Talent Media Network. Thank you very much, Sound Talent Media. You can get in on Apple, on Spotify, and anywhere you can consume intellectual property like ours. Let me first introduce you to my cohorts, my compatriots, my friends, the people that I do this with. Siobhan Cronin. Hey, Ben. And Corey Peza. How's it going? And this week, I am so 
so happy to say that we finally, after at least 70-something episodes, got the better half of Shabrock onto the show. I used to be the better half. Wow, what happened here? You totally just worked your crowd. He is schmoozing you, Brock. (laughs) So anyway, in this episode, maybe we can get a little bit more into Brock's gear obsession, how he's an audiophile, all of the, you know, toys that we see in the the YouTube cast here. Um, We kind of, well, and even just getting more into Star Set, because we kind of ended the last episode, you know, talking about Live My Last, how you kind of got your first into Star Set, the first tour being in a van. So maybe let's pick it up from there. You know, obviously I've got insider information. We're in the same band. So I know kind of what it's like now with Star Set. But are we talking about gear? Or are we talking about Star Set? Because we're you had talk me about going gear. talking about gear. But okay, is that, well, is that a Dyne Audio behind you or is there that Focal? Focal. And, and what made you go with that Focal? Uh, because every time I walk into a room with like SM9s, which is a Focal speaker, you just like are left with this like blanket of bass. It's never overpowering. It's just like there. And it's just every song has like this. Well, you know, bass is omnipresent, right? Yeah. But like the speaker has to, so get by to definition, it. it's always there. Everywhere. Just ignore what he says, Brock. You just have to get used so, to the fact this is what Ben does. Some speakers <laughs> can go down to 30 Hertz, like SM nines. And then the ones I have. So, um, and that's what it's once you like, like people don't hear a 30 hertz sine wave until like you do and then it's like this blanket of sub bass and that anyway i don't know where we're going Isn't that with this, more but. like mid bass <laughs> mid bass just kidding anyway that's why i chose focal because just i i know what it did sound like i can't i don't have the money to test every monitor monitors are super expensive so I just know what I've liked in the past, and every time I walk into a room with a Focal speaker that goes down to 30 hertz, I'm blown away. So that's why I bought Focal. Anyway, continue. (laughs) Well, we can continue with you. I mean, this is an interesting topic because, you know, one thing I've noticed about Brock getting to know him over the years is he has an incredible ear. And aside from being, you know, a great guitar player, good writer... You know, I've looped him into mixing my stuff because for me, you know, I'll record something and think it sounds great and he'll walk in and be like, this is terrible. Or like, we'll sit and like play five different snare sounds and ask me which one's the best. And I'm like, I don't know. They all sound the same to me. And apparently he hears all these different things. So, I mean, that's that's very cool to me that you're into all this audio stuff and you're able to appreciate all the different You know know what's cool to me is that you guys compliment each other. Because you are like a Jedi level musician, but on like a music theory level that like none of us could ever hope to attain. But you do see your humanity and your mortality and your limits when it comes to mixing and using technology. Whereas Brock is like the goddamn mere space station. He's SpaceXing it over here with the fucking CERN collider underneath your fucking Circleville farm with soybeans and shit. And he's got like, dude, you know why these vocals sound good? Because the CERN underneath me is making a perfect 30 hertz sine wave. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, I think that's the only pair of Focal speakers in Circleville, Ohio. Oh, yeah, sure. dude. Oh, that's yeah, probably the only sure. pair in Ohio, period. But probably, yeah. No, the... Yeah, um, Dustin uses Focal, so he's got, he's, um, that's where I was first isn't introduced he, to But him. isn't he in outer space right now? Like, he's not, he, wait, he lives in Ohio? I thought he was on a different planet. Well, he, he lives above Cleveland. 
<laughs> so yeah. That but that was that a joke sin. of a question. No. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin is even even when present always on a different planet. Is, so that's Dustin just, Dustin's like base. He's omnipresent. Omnipresent. <laughs> he's always here, but he's never here. <laughs> so my question for you, Brock, is what like how have you developed your ear and what has gotten you into appreciating even when it comes to guitar and tones and stuff that's one thing that like I really love about you know what you focus on is you've got a great ear for audio quality and for guitar tone quality and that's something that I've fallen short on in some ways of like figuring out you know what how to hear the difference in speakers or in a mix so what got you interested in that like why are you drawn to like audio stuff like what is it that you love about all of this I want to know I mean, I don't know. It's from like not having the the money and the the knowledge to be able to do exactly what you want. So you find a way to like make it work. And, the, and it's just like the struggle of taking something that sounds like crap and somehow mixing it into a song. And then all of a sudden you don't notice that it sounds like crap anymore because all the stuff that you think that it's missing, you don't need anyway. Because the other instruments are giving it to you. I feel like I need and to be in church it, yeah. just going, Amen! Amen! <laughs> you know, because I, I so relate with that. Because, you know, like people are like, why do you have so many guitars and you're so gluttonous and all that? Like, and I get it, because like, I'm obsessed. But, it, like, dude, I, I had a, my first Fostex 4-track. I remember buying chromium dioxide <laughs> high bias tapes to be like, dude, I could use Dolby C on this and not lose. Too. But then I was like, Dolby C takes out too much of the highs. So I got to go back down to Dolby B. <laughs> and like, you could technically do six tracks on that shit. And then I remember I got the NAM Roland VS 1680, which was like, dude, they made a 311 record on this. This is the fucking shit. And it was the first time I ever listened to myself back on headphones. I was like, oh, wow, am I actually there? And, blah, blah, blah. and I just remember thinking to myself, holy shit, you could capture anything by doing this. <laughs> and I worked in a music store and I remember someone came in with a PRS with the birds and I was like, oh my God, what is that beautiful, beautiful thing? Because I worked at downtown Worcester, which like, dude, the, you'd be lucky if you got like a, a Gibson studio. Okay, like that was like fucking nice. Like, so like if you walk, so this guy walked in with a PRS and I just remember asking my boss, like, what the fuck is that? And she was just like, oh yeah, I feel like people who buy PRS is like, just like have them to put them on the walls. So I just remember thinking that PRS was like a fucking status symbol. And then like, I remember seeing VHT, which you have in the background, like in a Guitar World magazine, like you could win this full stack. It was like the VHT with a value of like $5,950. Still my favorite aunt. And Still I'm like, what it. the fuck? It's worth $5,950. So I got, when I first got signed, I walked into a fucking store and bought a VHT, fucking Pitbull, one, uh, uh, Ultra Lead for $6,000 with the fucking 212 and the 412s. <laughs> so I had like six 12s. And I had the PRS. And I felt like, dude, I slept with that custom 22. I literally slept with it in my college dorm and said, I will never let you go and thought that I had made it. Yeah, just talking about like expensive gear. So like I've bought so much crap gear in my life. If somebody would have went back to my 16 year old self and said, yo, play that Squire guitar forever until you can afford a guitar that's well over a thousand dollars. Because, like, I grew up playing, like, you know, $200 guitar. Then I got a $400 guitar. Yep. Then I finally got a $800 guitar, but it's still missing something. And then, like, you know, 
you know, I finally start buying like great guitars, like 15 and up. Um, and then of course this, this PRS they just sent me, I mean, it's just, it's literally on a different planet. I've never played a guitar until when that came in and I'm like, holy crap, it's so on a whole different level. Yeah. Over, I mean, so over time, if you invest in yourself with the gear, you actually save money. Like it, it's yeah. just, That's it's true, smart. Yeah. You know, I, I can yeah, only yeah. imagine the, the shit that it's I, just, you know, yeah, I just quote Marilyn Million from the people's court. The cheap comes out expensive. But some of the cheap stuff is great. Like some of the some of the cheaper things are better than the expensive stuff. But the thing is, like, you gotta know. There's some things you don't want to fuck with. Like, listen, you can always buy SM57s. They'll always f- yeah. sound good. You have 20 SM57s. <laughs> and SM57 they'll never change a price in fucking 20 years. <laughs> but if, but if you want, years. like, if, if you're gonna spend the money, buy a good mono channel, like a, a mono block. You just have one good preamp for your fuck for everything. Just put your snare through it. Put your fucking guitar through it. Put everything because you want to know if you're gonna fucking flex. Flex on the one channel you're recording all the time. <laughs> yeah. Trent Reznor. I mean, that's true. I tell Siobhan that all the time. I He's said, always yelling at me you need to buy about... like a nice preamp. But, it, but it's every day is something different. I can't even keep track of it. It's that's like you because need a nice there's so many it... toys out there that we don't yeah. own yet. <laughs> and, and yeah, every, every day I get Listen, to come to my studio like... and prioritize. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ben, I'm going to just next time, I'm going to put call forwarding on my cell phone and just when <laughs> well, I, what you need to do is you need to tell Scott that you need it for the show. <laughs> yeah. Don't even like, guys, enable start, him. Start doing it the right way. Oh mm. my goodness! Or the smart way, as I like to call it. Yeah. No, but I, I wish I knew more about this stuff because the number of times he's asked me about, like, oh, what what kind of neck should I get on my guitar? What type of wood should this be? And it's like it's it's incredible to me because as a violinist, our job is to kind of have an idea of what we want to sound like, how we like the instrument to respond, and then somehow go out in the world and find it. You know, <laughs> and a, a, a violin has to be available. You can't necessarily say, oh, I want it from this maker. Well. Maybe that maker doesn't have any violins for sale right now because they've all been dead for does two or three years. Does the violin find you like the wand in Harry Potter? <laughs> I, I think in some ways it does. Yeah, I mean, I think violins do surface at times when you have to like consider it. You know, I that feel like guitars with, are like that. Yeah, it's. And oh I'm my sure god! Well, listen, dead serious. So like, I there, here's a problem. I'm assuming you're not Jewish, but I had this thing called a bar mitzvah at 13. <laughs> Where we basically take Great all of story, our friends to the cleaners for all the money they have, <laughs> and then you get to buy stuff frivolously. So I had like a PV Predator, which I remember when I got that. It's a Strat copy. I remember getting one. And my buddy had a Les Paul. I'm like, dude, I have literally the best guitar on earth. I said that to him, and he's like, "Dude, you got a fucking Strat copy? Shut the fuck up, dude." <laughs> I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "I have a Gibson." And I remember playing his Les Paul studio, and I was like, "Holy shit, this thing is th- the tits." Yeah, and I walked in, hon. I, I, so I got, I did the bar mitzvah thing. Like my brother and I read from the Torah. You know, we 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 did we, we did our fucking. L- I want to see video thing. footage of this. And, you and Brian. Pro- no, you couldn't have it in the synagogue. We were way too religious for that shit. Couldn't turn it on. Um, thank God. And I took some of that money and I walked right into Daddy's Junkie Music uh, in Shrewsbury, Massachusetts. And I pointed, <laughs> like, I walked right into the store and I pointed up and I saw a Gibson Nighthawk. It was like just the fucking nicest looking guitar. I didn't know anything about it. I said, I want that one. And I remember the guy at the store going, wow. To my dad, like, your son has really good taste. And, like, he was being, he wasn't even being facetious. He was just like, wow, he picked out the best guitar. No, I was he like, I walked out in, the I was expensive like, one. <laughs> I was right, like, that right. one. Well, no, was it was $900, I remember, oh, okay. which is what it was worth yeah. for at least 20 years, like, after that. So, it, like, not a great choice value wise. Now they're finally coming in, in vogue. But, like, I was ahead of the trend and I got the guitar. And my dad said to me, he's like, I need you to go home and think about this. I don't want you to spend this kind of money immediately. I'm like, dad, there's nothing to think about. He's like, you only played this one. I'm like, I don't need to play any other one. I This is a Gibson. This is literally, if it's good enough for Kiss, it's good enough for me. He said, no. He made me go home. And then like a day later, I'm like, 
can I go get the guitar now? He's like, well, did you sleep? I'm like, dad, <laughs> we're very different people. And I still love so that fucking guitar. You got it. So it I still great. love it. Yeah. yeah. So like, I, I feel like that, like, so I kind of grew up playing whatever I could afford to get, but like I, I've met like, you know, people and like kids that tell me like, oh yeah, I have this guitar or like even like family or fa- uh, friends and their kids and stuff playing the guitars that they were, they're, they were given to learn on. And I'm like, man, like some of these like $99 guitar, like you can't play them. Like the intonation is it's like, you can't play it. Like so many instruments you can't play <laughs> I'm just like, this is why these kids like pick up these instruments and they're like, no, I don't like playing guitar. I'm like, no, you don't like playing guitar because you've never sat in my room and played one of my guitars. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like, sure. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like, it's like sitting in a chair with like a fucking prosthetic thumb that just goes right up your asshole one day. <laughs> it, was, it was last year, like in, in the, the right when everything was kind of shutting down and no one was really doing a bunch, but I was cleaning up my basement. I found my first guitar that I got when I was nine. It was a $100 gremlin not even not even like a a name brand cheap guitar and uh i strung it up i set it up and i made like a facebook video and i recorded a song with it and i'm not gonna lie after like setting it up with new strings i made it sound pretty good it was like literally the pickups held in with like tape because the screws and the springs are gone 20 (laughs) years ago but (laughs) if you actually i i think that 100 we need to find this video instrument isn't set up right it doesn't matter how expensive it is you're That's not true. going to you're not going to enjoy true. playing it if it's badly yeah. intonated if the strings are old like there's there's no salvaging that yeah but yeah no. there is definitely nope. a threshold where it, if you know if it's got plastic strings and like <laughs> they're like see yeah, so my like my mo- la- my mom yeah. was stupid because she had a beautiful guitar that my grand because when she graduated high school and she was in Chicago so which was near she was near the Chicago Music Exchange which is a fucking phenomenal store still to this day and she I was, love my, that store. My, my mom was like hey. I want to be a classical pianist. And my grandfather's like, here's a guitar. <laughs> and she got this beautiful 1965 Epiphone FT45 Cortez, which to this day, and Corey knows, it's like, it's the best acoustic ever. Yeah. And it was in pristine condition. And now it looks beautifully relic, but it's only relic because my mom let me and my fucking stupid brother play the goddamn <laughs> guitar instead of just taking care of it. She took perfect care of it from the 60s until like the 80s. And then it was just like, nah, I'm gonna let my dumb fucking children touch this fucking shit. <laughs> and I remember getting like a brace fixed in it and my buddy was like, oh, this is exactly how you want a 60s guitar to look. I'm like, no, no, that's that's what I did to it. And then even <laughs> worse, I fucking put the case in my attic and I got a little bit of fucking mold and I take the case out and one of the three cases out of my hundreds of cases is this case and it turns out my mom always complained because she's like, you know what? This guitar doesn't fit in here. You want to know why? It was a fucking 50s lifting case made for a 1950s <laughs> Les Paul. And it's like a $5,000 case. So I destroyed my mom's guitar and case. Don't let your children play nice shit is what That's I'm trying true. to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Put a lock I mean, on your let music them play ground. the $1,000 shit, but not the fucking 60s Epiphone. Take it away. <laughs> but yeah, so like my, my last... Uh, I think I was playing my my nephew's guitar and the the dot inlays weren't even level like in the middle of the frets <laughs> like dude I'm telling you I I can set up a guitar pretty well yeah um and I worked on this thing for like over like 2 hours like yeah. trying to intonate it and I realized that the frets 
weren't even like they yeah. the, you couldn't intonate it. They, yeah, it was just un- like a, it was just an Amazon guitar, and and this is what like people are giving like kids to like play here play this you'll enjoy playing guitar no they won't not if they ha- not if you play something like that you're ju- I, you just get discouraged well you bring up yeah. a really good point I mean when I was in retail I used to always tell people there's two levels there is a level where uh, th- that you should think about the first level is like the three to four hundred dollar range like buy a guitar that's good enough where yeah. you're not offended by how it plays where yep. it's intonated you're able to show up to a band practice and even I mean, if you're three, a great guitarist four hundred bucks you're in yeah there. and then if you decide you want to be a big boy or a big girl, you get a thousand plus dollar guitar once you graduate. But if you get something less than that, not only are you never going to be able to sell it, you're 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 doing yourself a disservice. Like at least buy a guitar you can yeah. get out of for pretty close to the same amount that you bought it for. Yeah. Whereas those hundred fifty dollar like Squire packs, they're worth like ten dollars on Marketplace the second my, you leave the store. My main guitar for almost my entire entire life probably since i was 16 or so has been a les paul special which is a seven eight hundred dollar guitar mm-hmm. uh it's sa- it beats out guitar like guitars that cost three times as much i don't know what it is for me just for me yeah, it yeah. fits it plays amazing the pickups are phenomenal it's super versatile i've used that i, I have more expensive guitars now and uh, it, like i have a lot i buy for i buy flavors for guitars like i have one that can do you know the strats yeah stuff that's that how i am things i call yeah. them the four horsemen yeah <laughs> actually i have a prs for the first time in my life oh, is that a seven string dude yeah it's a seven string prs um, did matt get you one of that yeah, yeah. He came in and recorded with it, and I was like, I'm going to buy that off of you it's now. Not, they sound pretty good right <laughs> off the line, right? Yeah, I, I I, don't usually like PRS, but I needed a seven string, and that thing's dope. Um, but yeah, I like to buy something that, like, if I need this sound, I don't want to have to tweak it in a mix. So, like, that's why I, I bought the music Music Man bass, because I was playing this <laughs> jazz bass over here trying to get, like, a metal tone. And it's just like, it gets to a certain point where you're like, all right. <laughs> they make instruments for this sound. Like, invest in it. It will save you a headache, you know, down the road. If, you know, if you're trying to make something fit into a mold that it doesn't belong yeah. in. So that's why I don't own a ton of guitars. I don't know, like, like probably 15 guitars total, acoustics, basses, everything, all in. But every single one has a purpose. For a lot of people, um, that's a, lo- a ton of guitars. It's true. For well, a violinist, that's a ton studio. of instruments. Like, I, I think that that's a pretty Oh, is that the normal. excuse you're using now? Because I used that a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Get your own excuse, you don't bro. Own a, you don't own a studio. There's a studio in your guitar room. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> that is the summary of that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I that think is- that like you said, like there's definitely a threshold where I, you gotta you gotta be able to. The tool has to do what you need it to do. So if you're trying to you know be a professional musician with a two hundred dollar guitar, you're not going to get very far. It's going to be an uphill battle. Yeah, just you fight it all the time. And anybody that says, "Oh, I tried guitar, I really didn't like it," you haven't found your guitar yet. You know what really helps too? That's, is that's it. Money. Like, cause I mean, money is, it's a lot. Yeah. Buy yeah. yourself those $3,000 piece focals. Go get yourself saying, a fucking Gibson. I and make sure you get the nicest Apollo DAW. <laughs> you don't know what it is. Take the class for $5,000 on Berkeley Online, like Siobhan. And then go stare at a so fucking Mac in a store when it's just a pinwheel, all right, of death with nothing loading for seven hours and then talk to me. <laughs> I, I will take the fall for enabling Brock to be a little bit fancy because I, you know, that's my approach. I've always been that way. And this is an Anne Marieism. It's like, if you're going to do something, have it like, I was very lucky. I got a great instrument when I was young, you know, and it's, you're, you're all right. It's the same with violin there. 
you have to work so much harder to pull something out of an instrument when it doesn't respond well to the things you want to do. And when you have the ear where you hear what you want to get out of something, it's a lot harder to work with something that really does not respond the right way. There's something to be said, though, yeah. for learning on a piece of shit. Yep. Oh, yeah. And then getting your a nice skill. guitar. Totally right. <laughs> for for, sure. no, For your skill, yeah. I mean, you can if you can learn how to make something sound great, that will definitely help your Well, technique. the great thing was when we to did the- To an extent, the, but you can't play an unintonated piece of crap that like, right, literally doesn't yeah. matter how you set it up. If you strum a G chord, every single thing is out of tune. Yeah. But how awesome was it? Listen, like this is. I was very happy for you guys. Like We got to a point where like, Siobhan used to fly up here- um, to to record with us, which we did. I'm shamelessly we were pouring out more wine, leading by the, the way. blind or whatever. And <laughs> Scott was like, "Do you think that you know Brock and Siobhan could you know record the violin at their places?" Like, yeah, dude. He's like, and I remember saying to him, "Like, yeah, just send her a U87 and a 414." And then he sent you guys two 414s. He's like, "Oh, I saw a matched pair, so that sounded like it'd be better for things." And it's I'm like, definitely Man. better. And, and so now but, we got one both places, one in yeah, Miami, no, but one But the great here. thing is, is that. You know, it was 100% worth it because even though, you know, that's a crazy amount of money on mics, you guys not only used it, but everything you sent has been fucking perfect because, you know what? You did start out with shit. You started at the bottom and now you're here. And it, <laughs> well, I'll, but, I'll but you got into a point where, you, you know what? And this is, and Scott said this to me, like when he sent me, he sent me a pair of match C12s. He said that my mixes and my songs earned like where I could actually say, I think it could make a difference for me. Whereas, like, you know, two years ago, three years ago, I couldn't even justify having the quality of microphones that I had because I don't think I could have told the difference. But even yeah. with microphones, what I've learned, especially from Brock, so to correct what you're saying, everything sounds great when Brock is helping me. And then there's the <laughs> stuff I, that I'm sure you both can hear I've done when Brock is not around. And Brock listens, he's like, where did you put these microphones? It sounds like a box. Where was this in this room? And he's like giving me every list of all the things I did wrong with mic placement. And with microphones, it's like, like an instrument. I've learned so much about that too. It's not just having the microphone. It's where are you going to put it? Well, Figuring and out, every microphone is different for everybody. So like you could yeah. have like a $2,000 microphone and then you could have like a $200 microphone and like the $2,000 microphone might sound incredible on somebody. And then next time the $200 mic, like that, there's a lot or of people like room. Bono, different I think rooms, it is one of those yeah. guys that only uses SM57s to record. Because I mean, he, that's an incredible microphone though. Don't People don't give it enough credit. An no, SM57 of course not, is dude. Incredible. Sounds fucking insane. Yeah, but like for me, even for violin, right? The U87 is a more expensive microphone. I actually prefer the sound of the 414. So I always love using that. So and I, you know, yeah. you might look at it and say, oh, well, one is three times Cor the price of the Corey, other. But Corey well, they're also different the tools because the thing is, you, the, that's what I've learned is that it's it, more expensive isn't, isn't necessarily better, but it, it may afford you more things. So like the 414 may color better with your with your uh, violin in some cases but the right. u87 like i gotta tell you as a holistic microphone like just to put in front of like a bunch of people in my studio oh, almost sure. everybody it's, sounds yeah, awesome yeah. on my u87 versus the 414 is a way pickier microphone to my ears as far as like when i've set I, it up for people yeah. I'm no, like listen, almost I'm all still the time amateur i like with the, the u87 so. better but the 414 is way better on some things and in your case like the violin you know <laughs> I was every time say, for you. Uh, like Corey ruined the U87 for me because he he said he's like oh, I don't know it's kind of harsh in in the high end like like well, I think you said like what like two or three k or something like yeah. that it's like harsh yep. I never heard it until he said that <laughs> sorry and then now like every time I use it I'm like man yeah I, it really is man it's like so like just just 
cuts right through your ear. I've never been able to to get the U87 to work as like I wanted to. Well, I'm the always... thing I think it's better far away. But I yeah, guess something yeah, crazy sure. is yeah. like the C12, for example, is so crisp and it has so much presence, but it has like this beautiful like slightly boosted mid that it's almost like it's already EQ'd right out of it like where you just basically just drop it in the mix and like there you go. That's and like, like it's one of those that like, you listen to it by itself you're like that could never work. And but then like you put yeah. it in you're like you also that's remember, perfect. Mic placement is a huge yeah. huge Indeed. part of it. Like uh, I just I just find with the, the U87 <clears throat> on vocals on a lot of singers there is just a little bit too much bite in the upper mids that I end up cutting and almost killing some tone. That might just be me. It might just be, you know, I'm just going to use the C12 fun. from now on, Corey. You could have just told me directly. You didn't have to speak this on the show. Like, <laughs> just tell me to use the like C12. A I haven't set up over there. You know, it's you, just you an just overhead. Listen. You listen, and then you decide, and you move the mic around. But uh, without getting, I don't know, our, our listeners are <laughs> like, what just the forgets fuck are you guys placement. talking to about right now? <laughs> we don't give a shit about microphones. <laughs> we don't even give a shit about our listeners. They're all done. What, what they, I guarantee Listen, you what they want to hear about is what is, what is Star Set up to, Brock? Yeah, let's get back to that, I guess. Sorry. <laughs> um, I mean, the fourth record. Yeah. Okay, can, wait, can we elaborate? <laughs> That's it. A man of many Other words. Than that, like... <laughs> we're we're hopefully going to start touring um maybe halfway through july um hoping this, i have I one of the I records on my wall going to come out but <laughs> it's turquoise what color is this record going to be it's a good oh, I question no i don't even know that none more black none more black <laughs> as black as it can be so no, I don't know. What's the what's the status of, of this this new record? Like, uh, you know, is it? I heard it, I heard a Zeppelin been, song on it. Like, what was that like? Is that on the record or was that a separate thing? Is that separate? Are you guys just doing it's that as separate. a single or is that yeah. a record thing? No, it's separate. That was uh, through Amazon Music. So, uh, yeah, um, I mean, been working on it for a long time. Dustin actually built a cabin in Salem but next to like a lake that he moved his studio and he he just sold his place here in Columbus. Oh, he did. I didn't even know that. Okay. Yeah, so there is one set like, of focals there now. <laughs> there they were Fucking liar. in Columbus. They no, were in Columbus. Anymore. Now they're not. No, now they're Oh There's yeah, just okay, one now. So currently I'm correct. <laughs> he built the cabin for the studio or just this was a an addition that I mean, he built a cabin because, you know, he was he wanted a cabin up uh by his where like his hometown mm-hmm. um that's where and, his bar is and he was he gonna, talk yeah, to the aliens? and he was going to airbnb it out but then like covid and everything happened and then he kept building the cabin and then he was like why the heck am i like paying mortgage on a place in ohio when he basically moved to salem to run his bar because you know once covid happened like employees wouldn't like you couldn't get people to work and then Maybe he couldn't have employees working, so it was just like him and uh, a couple other people, like doing takeout stuff. And uh, anyway, so he moved there to like basically keep his bar afloat, and then build a cabin, and and then that turned into the permanent, then it turned into whatever, like the, the studio, studio. yeah, the he writing moved his, studio, he moved the studio up there, and uh, I think he's, I think we're about like a week out, week or so out, maybe. Um, I don't know when this episode is going to come out, but it's probably about a week. <laughs> okay, so yeah, uh, any minute now. <laughs> and then it goes off to mixing. When wow. it's going to be released, I don't know. Yeah, is it good? 
<laughs> it's it's low, right? I mean, you can at least talk about some of the guitar stuff, okay, right? Okay, so yeah, like Dustin, <laughs> he hit me up the other day and he was like, hey man, just a heads up, there's some songs, there's a couple songs that are in drop E, drop E, <laughs> drop E, eight string. And like, so I immediately like emailed my rep at PRS. I said, yo, man, <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> He's, and basically I came up with like, did the, they send the you a bass? <laughs> right, exactly. That's what I said. Like, why don't like, you just, just play a bass, bass at that point? Like, like what's right. the point? I don't understand. You're just stepping on a bass player's dick. I really don't get it, dude. I don't understand. Yeah. So what is Ron going to play? Like, what is Ron yeah, going to play? Yeah, what is Ron going to play? The baritone bass, the the bass bass, the double What's bass. It? The thing is, it's uh, is he gonna find I mean, the brown note on this one? I feel like an E below E below E. It's gotta be the brown note territory. It's more of like a noise that just like you know, for like percussive kind of like genty kind uh -huh. of riffs, I guess. But I'm with you, man. Like, there's no like actual note to a guitar when you tune it to E. So it's it's kind of cool because I'm, e I'm excited e. for it. Yeah, and it, like an octave down guitar basically is what I'm playing. Um, you mean a bass? It's basically, yeah. <laughs> basically a bass. But our bass is down tuned too. So he's basically subsonic. <laughs> well, he's I mean, not, dude, listen, he's not like down an octave. He goes down like, to like an A. That's a crazy level low. Yeah, I mean, it's an eight string. You it's guys might as well just call yourself the standing waves. <laughs> You're so, full I mean, of jokes today. I'm kind of a... I'm excited to uh, to try to accomplish it. Um, whether we play these songs live or not, I don't know. Um, the ones that are in E, but uh, I like a challenge because you have to get an E to not sound like the band that you saw that tuned E. Yeah. Like the one that you're like, oh my God, what are they tuning? It's, yeah. it's like just noise. That's what I don't want. So, I mean, we've tuned, Manifest is in drop G. That's mm -hmm. pretty low. Yeah. Um, a couple of our songs like Frequency and uh, Satellite or Drop F Sharp. So have it's you only seen the like show Metalocalypse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude, have you gone down the Loreana Trench? Because <laughs> that's where, dude, if you want to make the heaviest, heaviest record ever, <laughs> you got to go down to the Loreana Trench. <laughs> I'm I'm with you, man. But like, I can't wait to hear that. I mean, I'm I, interested I to hear what it sounds like. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I can't even picture that. You know, in my ears. <laughs> you should get a Chapman like. stick. Yeah, right. Have you seen a Chapman stick? Uh-uh. No, uh, so dude, it's like half like bass in the middle, and then it's guitar on like each side, so you can kind of like tap bass, but also guitar. Like, there's like uh, the dude Tony Levin from Peter Gabriel. I think Felix Martin plays one sometimes. But like, uh, you could do all like, kinds of banana shit. With a, but it's like totally you could play stuff in that range. Dude, like I honestly a <laughs> a seven string breaks my brain. I don't know what it is, but that one extra low string, all of a sudden my brain like turns off and I can't. But why wouldn't you just tune I don't a, know a where, seven string down lower? I mean, yeah, I I do. But what Instead I'm saying is like, but like say you do have a standard guitar under that low seventh string. But for some reason, like my brain does no longer sees the patterns. <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 it's always been a struggle. Yeah. I've always struggled with it. I can play a seven string. Because you're not but... Steve I. Because <laughs> that's how I feel you need it. Like that's the only excuse to me for playing a seven string guitar is when six strings just is not enough. 
Not because you need to detune. <coughs> if you're going to detune, just detune. Like, that's yeah. how I feel about it. Like, if you're playing an eight string and you're toasting a bossy, okay. Animals as leaders, I don't like yeah. your stuff, but it makes my brain hurt. I understand. Yeah. But, like, if you're just trying to play in the corn range, be a man and just tune down. Typo Negative <laughs> was doing it. They were playing. Yeah, but you can't B. play corn on grow up. without a seven grow string. Grow up and be a man. And you stop can't play corn without a seven string, Benny. That's all I'm saying. You need to play. Uh, God, I can't even remember the song now. But they use ev- like the high string, the low string to play corn. So yeah, you need the range. In other words, so it's you need the high stuff too. Yeah. that's the problem. Yeah. Anyway, stick with my standard. <laughs> Maybe I'll drop. This is why you need to drop it down to E flat. There sometimes you can go as low as high as you want with an iPod all the time. <laughs> but when you drop a seven string to drop tuning, it for some reason like the boxes get way easier to kind of just like find your way around. But like a standard tune seven string, I don't know. I can't get my mind around it. See, I don't know, as a violinist, I can't imagine, I've only ever really had to play in a different tuning once for a project I actually did with a guitar player who wrote a violin part. But it was all like, she just wanted my whole violin tuned down a half step. But if I had one string that was tuned down by like a different amount than the rest of the strings, I don't know that I could do it. Because at least if it's the same, you know, every string well, is you're just not tuned courting. down. I know what we're doing, Corey. <laughs> oh no <laughs> we're writing a song where we're gonna have Shimon doing all gent, gent violin dude <laughs> dude how cool would it be oh my god Brock get her on the five string and yeah. tune oh her gosh. fucking weird dude there's some, some she'll people figure out it out that See, play she'll be all string. angry like she'll be like but here's what you need to do you what love Rusty it when Cooley I'm angry said, though use yeah. your music theory to swim back to shore with your knowledge <laughs> and be able to go play through your Kemper and then start doing crazy shit tuned to fifths. One day we're going to switch spots. I tell this to Brock all the time. I'm going to throw you in the studio and yell at you the way you yell at me. And we're going to see what happens. Like how many meltdowns there he, are. How many yeah, screaming Yeah, he's going to cry and say, I can't do it. And then you're going to be like, uh, and you're just going to play and it's going to be phenomenal. I grew up phenomenal. with Brian Goodman. And I then, fucking checkmate all of you. Yeah. <laughs> Siobhan's going to play. You it's going to be phenomenal. You guys say anything that's going to hurt my feelings? Brian literally threatened our relationship on a daily basis. <laughs> and I cared about him at one point. <laughs> we need to have an episode with Brian. Like somehow we have to create Doing, a game where... If, if I we mean, do, he's bringing me beer from his brewery to drink during it because I don't want to deal with that shit sober. <laughs> There's no way. Actually, I'm I think sitting, we should get, we should have a drinking game if we have Brian on. I, I will you, be everyone can become more tolerable. While you and Brian talk because that would be a nightmare. Dude, look at how mad Corey's getting already. Everyone's he's, like, yeah, he's getting this. heated. Well, yeah, it's well, like yeah. the Mayweather. Siobhan fight. knows. Siobhan's been in a session with you guys. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Anne Marie was so excited. She's like, look at them go. She <laughs> my just, mom loves. She still drama. to this day like talks about our rebuttals to one another. Like it was like she was enjoying the moment. Like it was like, no, we actually were fighting and being very immature towards one another. Like, no, you guys were great. <laughs> Brock, in the studio, what's your most combative experience when working on a project? Probably with me. <laughs> um, <laughs> meow. Man, I don't know. Probably working with Siobhan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does she ever go like, uh, you're playing in the wrong mode? You should have listened to your first teacher that first lesson. It's in the wrong mode. I mean, mode. in that case, and like people yell, like, so I'll like be in here like jamming, like doing whatever to whatever Spotify song I have playing. And I'll hear her yell across the house. 
that was the wrong note. I'm like, fuck you, man. Like, <laughs> no, wait, wait, hold on. And then you need to, here's the best rebuttal That's ever. That's wrong. It's just You're not jazz, doing it right. baby. That's what I say. He it's just jazz, that. baby. It's a non-diatonic note. I meant to do it. <laughs> Been hanging out with Rodolfo too much. Playing 443 just to fuck with him. Oh, my gosh. Babe, yeah. I'm in tune with the universe. No, but Brock is a great engineer. I mean, he's, a, you know, even though we get in quibbles or whatever, because we each have our own way of quibbles. working. I mean, he's like, you know, he's very good at getting people to, uh, like, when he helps record me, like, get me to do my best version. Yeah, that's version, the whole thing. You know? It's a mindset, man. Like, people are great. A lot of people can be great musicians, but the second you put a microphone on them, like, it's the same as me. Like, I'm I'm super introverted. So when you guys point this, like, I got this, like, camera right here. That's pointing at me for this whole thing. I feel like I'm a different person than when there's not a camera. Alexa's like, it's just us now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So like you, you kind of have to get people to come out of their shell and especially in a studio, like the second you put a can, some cans on somebody and you say, sing into this microphone, let's get some, uh, let's get a, let's get a level going. They're like, check, 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 Mm -hmm. check, 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 check. Instead of like just singing. Yeah, and then well, can we put a, a plug for there. something you guys did? Because one of the most impressive things I've ever heard in my entire life, and I'm the most proud of, like literally, is a song called "Decomposing Composers," which is kind of like the Siobhan comes out to play song, where we kind of designed it as like the part of the set, if you will, where we're like, oh, we she have cried. this shred, shredalistic violinist. <laughs> she I remember she we cried first recorded, during recording we, that. <laughs> yeah, we we, cried, we we recorded Paganini. Like two and then times, you lost it. and she keeps say- and she keeps saying <laughs> that it's like, oh, it's too sleepy. It's blah 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 blah. And then finally, she sends us the tracks at 166 BPM, which is literally like above blast speeds. And it was I listen to it now, and it's the most ferocious playing, and it sounds sonically incredible, and the playing's incredible, and like the fact that you can even do that is mind numbing. Well, Brock got to see the behind the scenes where I had a full on meltdown. I had like a religious experience afterwards. I'm like, I don't know if I can play violin anymore. But hold on. <laughs> I'm not but good enough. I've never heard anyone play. I love that's one of my favorite songs ever is Paganini's uh, uh, the Caprice. Like, is it his fifth Caprice in A minor? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what we play. Um, that's literally <laughs> one of my favorite songs. It was in Crossroads. You see Steve Beethoven. It's right, Pog- Ben, no, ben was like name dropping composers that were not even on the on the piece, but that's Shut okay. Up. I forgot. <laughs> All right, whatever. But, but this is Paganini, and it was from the movie you see in the movie Crossroads. Like uh, Jason Becker does it. It's kind of like the Mount Everest of guitar playing. Like, but everyone's been to the summit. But like, if you listen to Siobhan on on Chapter Three from Lost Symphony, like I say, take the fucking Pepsi challenge. Find me somebody faster on the internet that plays it. And maybe there's some fucking kid in Asia that's doing it, but I am unaware of it at the moment. <laughs> yeah, the pro the problem with like uh, Siobhan doesn't understand like the new age of recording where it's like, okay, take this four bar, ready, go. Okay, take this next four, <laughs> go. She doesn't do it that way because it's not natural. So you have to do a complete take. Well, that's the thing that's amazing be, about her because we all know I, we could cheat our way and like there's like lip syncing <laughs> yeah, for guitars. She won't do it. She's yeah, no, like, she won't. No. She's like, I'm literally going to run the entire triathlon just to practice. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's the way she wants it because the voicing. And if you listen to like anybody recording that, there's there's delays in shifting mm-hmm. with uh, the the finger shifts. You hear it. Like even the greatest like 
uh, recordings of Paganini, they, they have to shift fingers. And if, if it's just like straight to the grid, it, it's fake. You know what I mean? So, right. Yeah. So, no, it was, it was hard to do, but. Yeah, uh, Brock, yeah see the it's behind literally the, the hardest sounding thing I think I've ever been a part of. Like, if you listen to that song, it's emotionally and like sonically exhausting. Like, I mean, it. it's like 10 minutes long of just Siobhan being like, fuck, really your selling, that, brain. really selling that track. Right, right. We're making everyone. No, it's amazing because, it. first off, Jeff Loomis plays on it. Jimmy Bell plays on it. Joey Concepcion plays on it. Matt LaPierre fucking plays uh, unbelievable on it. And yet, dare I say, Siobhan still kicks everyone's ass. Wow. Yeah, wow. it's like one of those songs that it just keeps going and going. <laughs> and you're like, like I don't okay, get it, but we okay. understand you're better than all of us. But, <laughs> and then it changes you know. tempo and goes right to Schubert. It's like, wow, now it's in six. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I then, love it. I and literally then we, it took, then we threw an, an interlude at the end just to make it a little longer. Yeah, that's an, right. also an overloading Jason Becker-esque interlude that was totally I love that interlude. I, I can't wait for people to hear all this because I think it's going to be so cool. I mean, that really is a truly classical reimagining of like so many. And what Joey did was awesome. Like, and that it's original, you know, but it's well, like so it's totally an homage sounding. to Jason Becker. Like, it was named like air on a something or whatever. I'm like, okay, Mr. Listen to I, Jason yeah. Becker, but it fucking is awesome. I mean, listen, I could never write that in a million years. So, God bless that kid. And he just pulls it out. The funny part is, I love seeing the mortality of someone like Joey Concepcion because he can play <laughs> the most ridiculous arpeggios, but the kid can't play fucking simple brums. Brum, like as well as Corey or myself and it's not that it's bad <laughs> but he's not locked in like we are it's not <laughs> locked in like we are but he could play like Jeff Loomis locking with any arpeggio like immortal like fucking can't play the level. easy stuff but but just like the, <laughs> the da, na, 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 na. like he his brain's like what what are you doing brum, 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 brum. I'm like fuck you man but I don't well, think he could even think that simply like he's not it's not possible for him. He's like, why would you ever just, why would you ever play a whole note? <laughs> that seems just so basic. Well, no, I mean, you know, it, it sometimes takes more focus to play the slow stuff. And I used to struggle with that too. Like as when I was learning is like your brain, if you're, if you're playing something that's fast enough, it's like, you're at least keeping up with the speed of your brain. Right. But then if you play something slow, you get distracted and then you like fuck up the slow stuff. Yeah. So I mean, I'm like that, that playing to me. a slow click is such good practice. Oh my God, dude, like, listen, that's one of the things I've completely learned. And I said again when I was at a lesson with Paul It's Geary, all about timing. I was like, dude, start slow. You got to start slow because if you can't play slow, you can't. And, and it's so amazing because so many people are trying to be fast all the time that if you try to slow them down, like, e even these guys that could do the sweep picking, they can't do it slow. And it's amazing to see. And I, I got to tell you that I play great slow. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. I stay in my lane. That's, that's good. That's good advice. Oh <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know what, what direction we were going in, but we, oh, we were talking about slow. Star Set. Whatever about, direction we about were going gear, in, what's happening slow. with Star Set? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I you know, this year has been weird for Star Set, of course, because we weren't touring, and you know, it kind of kicked the fourth album into get being written and trying to figure out when we're all going to go back to playing. It looks like yeah, later in the summer, hopefully in with the fall. Metallica. Yeah, I mean, some yeah, of the festivals cool. have been announced, so yeah. that, that'll be super cool. Well, one thing that we, we've obviously we've asked you, Siobhan, already, and we asked Adam, is just, like, favorite tour stories. So, like, Brock, you got to give us something here. That's like, a good question. In all the history of Star Set, what's, what's the craziest and or coolest thing that's happened or weirdest thing <laughs> that's happened? Uh, man. I mean, I got a crazy one. I remember uh, 
Siobhan was in the band. Uh, we were getting ready to get on our bus. We were hanging outside of our bus. I can't remember what city it was in. Um, man. But there was this crackhead. Oh, this and was in San Diego. Like, San Diego, okay. And he was talking to a lamppost. And, you know, and I understand, man, like, addiction is a, cra- is a crazy thing. And, like, he, he wasn't there. His mind was not there. I felt really bad for the guy. But he came over... And we're all like hanging outside the bus and our, our guy, Ryan, uh, our sound guy, he's like, okay, guys, let's get on the bus. So they, they get on and, and this guy's like kind of yelling at us and doing like crazy things. And basically he looks at Siobhan and he goes, hey, and then he pulls his pants down and like starts exposing himself to Siobhan <laughs> as she's like getting on the bus. And I lost it. And I like grabbed this dude by his throat and then like, (laughs) and then Adam grabbed me and was like, Hey man, he's not in the right mind. Like there's something wrong with this guy. And, and then I, I thought about it later. I'm like, you're right. Like this, he's not even a person anymore. Like this dude was just so lost, but like, was that the moment you knew you wanted to be with him forever? (laughs) I think we might've already been engaged at that point. I'm not sure. Like, Oh my God. He's willing to defend me to death. Even against no, this heads. was just like I would have for anybody. Like this guy just came, basically pulled pulled out his junk and like ran up behind Siobhan. I That's lost a little scary. it. Yeah, yeah. Full blown Johnson. <laughs> the Johnson and Johnson. Well, I can honestly say that's not the story I expected. <laughs> that was definitely a weird a one. Different, I bet, different direction than I. Than I bet I had you have some like funny stories of like the early days, though, like pre-bus. I, I don't know because you guys are always telling funny stories, and I'm like, I know, dying but the laughing. thing is, like, I'm not great at like thinking of the stories. Yeah, Adam is definitely the There's one that's so good at retelling stories. Yeah. the stories. He remembers He's got, everything. Like, detail Adam to will the remember team. everything. Yeah, but I just re- that was like a. I mean, that's definitely a crazy story. I agree. He like oh, trying to believe. jump onto the bus with his pants down, follow Siobhan onto the bus. That's <laughs> also why know. I grabbed him by the throat because like right. I could only get one <laughs> arm up there to pull him out of the door of the bus. Yeah, and you got to be careful yeah. where you're reaching and grabbing too. So <laughs> yeah, it could have gone way worse. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, if you guys need to hire security, uh, I'm pretty open and free for this next tour. I'm happy to. <laughs> Keep the people would you have away. eviscerated that gentleman for them? I mean, I bet I, Corey would have defended me. Probably. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> I actually got I, to properly use the word eviscerate. There you go. Good job. Google Is it. Isn't pro- wouldn't the properly be, isn't that like when you actually pull someone's guts out? No, dick. When you actually cut someone's dick off. Let's do eviscerate them. Oh, really? I didn't I know that was the technical. I just thought of a story. Okay, so there's a couple of them. A... <laughs> the first time I like I'm like hiding backstage we're playing outdoor it's rock on the range and like I'm hiding behind my guitar vault I'm warming up and then like I'm like all right this is our time our countdown's coming and I walk out and the second I turn the corner I look up and there's like literally a stadium full of people and that's the first time I ever experienced this and like I'm supposed to be like a serious spaceman at this time. <laughs> I literally could not stop smiling. This was the coolest experience I've ever had in my life. Like a uh, a stadium full of people. It was because we were like afternoon main stage for the first time ever of yeah. uh, 
Rock on the Range, which is mm-hmm. in our hometown. That was Columbus. a huge show. I remember that. It was insane. It was the coolest thing I've ever been a part of. And <laughs> and then like I think it was a couple shows later, I'm like trying to do the cool thing back behind my vault, warming up. And I turn the corner and I walk out on stage and I realize I forgot to take my sunglasses off. <laughs> that was and my they're favorite. Underneath, they're His underneath space my helmet. space helmet. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like pictures of I promise of you, with if like, you Google it, you can find the pictures. To like this. reflective Ray-Ban sunglasses yeah, under like space Ray-Ban helmet. Ray-Ban sunglasses like, underneath this fucking space helmet thing. Plenty of mishaps on Star Tours. Do you get demerits for that? Oh, get I get made fun of all the time for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was one time, like, in I think our last Europe tour, it was more of a playing thing where because you've got all these strings hanging off your thing. Remember, you had your, like, moment where the strings, like, like hit your guitar and made this, like, ridiculous sound in the oh, middle of the show. Oh, they do it all the time, yeah. We call them merps. Merp. Yeah. Like, I'll be rocking out, and then the string will, like, come in a slow part. And like I'll be done playing the part, but the string will land, or the my string from the suit will land on the guitar string and go like. Oh. You know what I think you should do? I've been thinking about like how would I actually solve your problem with your band? Just play a six string guitar and get a chaos pad like Matt Bellamy from Muse, and then just yeah, put we, it, we like, talked your, about those. I put yeah. it on your guitar. You like and play a normal guitar, but then if you're gonna step on the bass, you step like up with, with your sine wave or whatever weird thing, and you can make it like light up so that like you can make it look like it's a pattern, and then you can control all the lights with, that take DMX five twelve protocol as it's like all hooked in MIDI, and then you can just be one with everything on stage. Muse is um, insane live, by the way. And by the way, so that's good. an awesome idea because literally, dude, like, why play an eight string when you can just play like the bottom on the keyboard? <laughs> or use a whammy pedal, dude. Use a whammy pedal and just put put an octave lower on it on a normal guitar. Just be like, here you yeah. go, man. Play no, single I've, notes. I've, we've we've thought tried about that. that, and we we talked about that. And I have a guitar build that's actually uh, being um, that we're going to incorporate MIDI into. Billy Gibbons uh, but, does that, dude. He has his bass player play a guitar that plays bass like certain like it plays it down lower through a guitar with like a MIDI system. It's bananas. Yeah. He plays three strings that are guitar normal and three strings that are bass. So he plays rhythm guitar and bass simultaneously on one guitar. Super so cool. Much work. Amazing. Technology, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, it's amazing what people do. I think uh <laughs> I know I'm looking forward to checking out some new star set shows this year. Yeah, man. I mean, I'd be excited to see you guys in person and like, and Brock, you guys got to come to to Boston. We do. I've told Brock so many times. I'm like, you know what? You, you need to be in Ben's guitar room and just like, just your house. It's not even the one room that everybody sees. Yeah, dude, I got so many guitars for you to try out and like, we can geek out forever. And I have so many pickups and amps and things. I'm also like super OCD about the setup of the guitar. So like, is each one set up all the time ready to go? I try, (laughs) but we're in New England and I try to keep a climate control. But if you want to set them up, I'll totally give you Scooby Snacks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not that good setting shit. Up, so. Here's a hundred and fifty dollar guitar or hundred and fifty guitars that need set up. Yeah. Oh my Dude, gosh. Some of them are actually set up pretty fucking awesome. But oh, it's I usually believe just it. because God loves me. Not yeah. just be- not because I've done anything right. But I keep everything climate controlled. So like everything's at a perfect relative humidity and I try I, I I do try to get things like if there's anything that needs attention, I usually have attention. Like, you know, like I have a twelve string Gibson and it was like bowing forward and they're just like, don't keep it tuned. I'm like, oh, well, I guess that sucks, but whatever. You know, <laughs> yeah. only tune it when you need it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I only own only. 
I own like 20 guitars and like the whole thing is like I only play five because the other 15, I don't have time to upkeep them. Therefore, they're not fun to play. You'll set up a guitar, set it on on your wall or your, your rack, come back a week later and it's not the same guitar because it sat there for well, that's part of that. also climate, dude. You know, oh, like I know. That. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I have everything. And I live like, in a shitty apartment in Circleville, Ohio. Well, so. <laughs> I got to say, one of the, the proudest moments is when I walked into Paul Geary's Super new fucking dry. badass house in Las Vegas. And he's like, I got the HVAC system. You told me to. Because he's in the fucking desert with like 0% humidity. So like mm-hmm. when you walk outside, it's 113 degrees. You're like, oh, it only feels like 80. It's like, yeah, because mm-hmm. it's 0% humidity. So, like, yeah. his poor guitars, but thankfully he has an HVAC system, but that makes a huge fucking difference. That said, I got to tell you, one of the coolest things is, is picking up, like, an, an 1840s or 1850s guitar, and it plays better than your uh, Fender tele, Teleacoustic. Like, I, I swear to God, I have an 1845 <laughs> guitar that, like, just what? plays fucking so unbelievable. And it's like, how is this thing almost 200 years old? And that like Fender only like thirty years old, and this thing plays a million times better. And I'm well, sure you can set it up so it's awesome, but I don't know better. Well, that acoustic probably is done. The wood isn't flexing anymore; it's like fossilized. Yeah, it's hard as a rock. Yeah. So I mean, that's why two hundred year old violins like Chavons are super sought after because I think it's like a hundred years, and then the wood is basically as hard as it's ever going to be. Well, no, you get you can get wood. It starts to you can tell how old it is by how much it's crystallized. So now you're they're doing this this thing called topification, where they use like a water process to basically bring out supposedly, or it's like torification or something like that. Um, and it, it, Martin's doing it, um, Taylor's doing it, but there's also a lot of people that are now doing reclaimed woods. So like you know mahoganies, like they call it like sinker mahogany or sinker, sinker redwood where they get it from underneath the water so it's already gone through a lot of that process of what like makes the aging of the wood sound better so uh, there's a lot of really cool shit like I mean listen you could even get guitars and the, I, the wood that they found is like not it's very nondescript looking but there's like 50,000 year old wood that they got from the goddamn permafrost so like you can get guitars for, with 50,000 year old wood it's crazy what no way how much does that cost <laughs> I don't know man but like I mean there's there's so you're saying more, I can't get this you guitar can, no, you can listen dude there's guitars that are made like have like mastodon fucking ivory on them there's guitars like, th- like there's a, something called the tree which was one in particular mahogany tree and flame mahogany is called like crotch mahogany and like it or fiddleback or whatever. And it's the most beautiful. It, they call it the tree because it's like 500 years old and it like hey, fell Benny. into like the water. Yeah. Get off the internet, man. They call it chick. Like, <laughs> Paul Geary was like, dude, that's called chick repellent. <laughs> chick repellent. Oh he was just God. like, he's like, stop with the goddamn chick repellent, man. Yeah. So anyone that stuck through this episode, uh, I hope I hope you were able to overlook the incredible amount of nerdiness and uh, microphone talk. I think, and I think we got Brock out of his shell because that's and, like his true, uh, <laughs> uh, one of his true passions for sure. <laughs> but Brock, we appreciate you hanging with us. It's it's been long overdue, um, and I guess yeah, everyone should check out Starset, obviously, uh, and and live my last. And don't uh, you think that they've already like checked out Starset? If anything, Starset should be saying you should check out Twenty Twenty. <laughs> I I agree. I I hope that more. I people mean, everyone in the world knows Starset, dude. Like, I mean, at least two billion. <laughs> yeah. No, that's but I think lot. it's a- no. That's just the same five people. <laughs> 
<laughs> over however, and over again. Said, I've done the equation with times. my mom and her friends, and <laughs> no. it's not two billion. A, trust a me. A buddy of mine told me that he uploaded his. Uh, he made a. He made a real shitty demo of for his his music. Uploaded it to Spotify. Didn't tell anyone, but he drives a truck for a living, and he just leaves it on a loop on silent and he's been doing that for like months and he said he's made like 300 bucks <gasps> really? <laughs> <laughs> wow i didn't realize maybe, that that, maybe a that's the secret to start Dude, success i'm gonna go like hit up like a thrift store and just buy a bunch of old computers and just set them up <laughs> Wait, in my we place. need to do that with lost <laughs> symphony just, Dude, I you, you know what you should do you should set up a bitcoin mine but yeah. use as a side hustle with all the power you're fucking stealing <laughs> oh my gosh whatever gets the job done i guess so Dude, that guys, is a serious concept for a cool james cameron movie dude like where you're like ah i'm gonna fucking do all this and i'm just gonna steal everything by just getting all these stereo systems and yeah. putting them together i've spent seven thousand dollars in electricity but i've made 300 on spotify yeah so right <laughs> killing it exactly guys thank you 2020-d.com like and subscribe do all those fun things lostsymphony.com our sponsor rock you rock Fun. Thank you. And check them out Thanks. on Premeditated Destruction on Chapter yeah. 1, LostSymphony.com, because I got to tell you, you know, so most people know Lost Symphony, like when we say guest guitarist for like having insane leads, but you, like Jimmy Bell is the first guy that came to mind where he called me. He's like, who's playing the, the guitars at the beginning? Like that craziness. Like that's, that's some intense shit because you <laughs> totally brought this. Um, I don't want to say gent, but like this more modern edge, but it really, 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 really little, yeah. wor- works in the song. And it's totally different than like the way we'd been going. And I know that when I, I remember when we got the tracks, Corey and I said the same thing that like, oh, I said this, that Corey was going to love it. And that Brian was going to fucking go. Uh. <laughs> and so we ended up I- using it only half the amount of times because we wanted to make, you know, Princess Brian happy. <laughs> but that said, like. If Brian had it his way, he wouldn't have even done it because it was way too new. Like, like this is not the uh, sound he was looking for. Whereas, yeah, like, Corey and I are like, this is fucking awesome. It didn't really fit the beat that you gave me, but I said, fuck this beat. <laughs> and I wrote what I wanted to write. <laughs> Welcome to what it's like to live with Brock Richards. <laughs> Thank you, as always, for checking out this episode of 2020. Please visit 2020-d.com. Like and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on future episodes. This week's throwback clip is from episode number 62, featuring Alex Skolnick of Testament and the Alex Skolnick Trio. Check it out. It's just better not to try to be an imitator. I, I, I take what I can from different players. Uh, Eddie was certainly a big influence but it, you know I, I, I try not to make it too obvious and I try to base it on what I like and there's there's a lot of music I like that isn't as I said this earlier it's not technical at all but that that might come out while I'm playing technical music because I you know I want a melody that's memorable uh, something that fits the song that's another thing that was so great about Eddie and you know, the the early you know technical players is that it, no matter what it fit the song and some uh, some players seem to forget about that hey everyone this is tuck from fit for a king in off-road minivan Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. 
We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media.